Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Future Tech podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD of Arrows Group. And this podcast is aimed at STEM graduates, where I interview thought leaders, CTOs, heads of transformation, people uh, within and involved within our tech businesses and tech industry, asking them a bit about their story, their thoughts on the subjects that they specialize in, and that all important career advice for our STEM listeners. So really happy to have Harold Hendricks with me today. Harold is the Head of Enablement and Transformation at DS Smith. Um, DS Smith is one of those businesses that is actually a FTSE 100 uh, company, um, but my, may, you may or may not know about them. They are a leading provider in fiber-based packaging solutions and have a truly global uh, imprint. So a lot of the transformation work that Harold specializes in really does have a global impact. So without further ado, I will say welcome to Harold to the show. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Um, yes, DS Smith is, um, is that FTSE 100 company, like you said. We are a net recycler of the fiber-based uh, uh, product. So uh, net recycling, meaning that we are recycle more than we produce. So DS Smith operates in 30 countries. We're employing 30,000 people. Um, our purpose is for DS Smith is redefining packaging for a changing world. And I think in the past year, we all experienced that it's uh, surely it's been a changing world for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love. I remember when we were speaking and, and that, that CSR bit that you recycle more than you use is a really, really quite a poignant point right now, isn't it? Especially in the world today. Absolutely. And um, I mean, we, we also launched our, uh, now a next sustainability strategy. And, you know, we're looking at the circularity, which is obviously a theme which is important to, to all of us on, the, uh, yeah. on this planet. Well, and that's it, isn't it? It is about climate conservation, I guess. So let's jump into your story then, because when we sp spoke the other week, I was fascinated, you know, ex-military coming in through the ranks. How, how did you get into to transformation and, and ending up working for a global business? Yeah, so my background is over 20 years of military service, um, being an Air Force officer in the command and control uh, branch. Uh, so let's like headquarters in an operation, if you will. Um, I learned a lot on providing structure, the focus on what we call mission delivery, um, but also, you know, understand how it works when it comes to ownership and leadership in the various circumstances and, and obviously working with, with people from different cultures and backgrounds. And after seeing the world, I switched careers um, and ended up at DS Smith where I learned that a commercial company definitely um, is, is, you know, can, can need that providing that structure and, and have clarity on that ownership. So um, yeah, it also comes natural to me to transform and to bring that leadership and, and ownership and clarity on roles and responsibilities in an organization, whether that's a commercial organization or military or governmental. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what, what triggered you from, from being in the army to, to going into large enterprise? What, what was the pull? What was the attraction? 
What you get in the military is obviously a lot of experience and a, and a lot of um, training, development, and you can uh, obviously you're you're selected as well uh, to uh, to make sure that you can uh, you can you know take your part in the in the in a bigger deal, but also making sure that you can work in those circumstances that I was that I was talking about with different uh, cultures and backgrounds. What you don't have is that commercial focus. Uh, so um, that is a you know part of the career that that you know I would say. I missed, and obviously, you know, if you go, if you climb through the ranks, then um, yeah, and you go to a certain age. Then at some point in in your career time, you think, hey, you know, if I if I want to have a career change, then this is the opportunity. And then you're looking for that opportunity to come by, and then either you take it or you don't. And I took it, so I can I can widen my experience and do what I do best, but also in a commercial uh, setting, which I didn't experience before in the military. Yeah, yeah, great. And so moving on then, because um, thinking about your your role, and actually it'd be great to, again, when we when we caught up the other week, to hear about some of the projects that you've worked on are, are very transformational, which, which is obviously a key part of your, your, your remit. Um, but knowing that a lot of our listeners um, obviously have a bias towards technology, how how do you look at the position of technology in transformation? What, where does that sort of fit in your world? Yeah, if, if you're looking at transformation, because that, that might be a, a buzzword nowadays, I mean, um, it's nothing more than a fundamental different way of working, right? So it, it breaks with the past. That is, that is what we define as transformation. Um, if you build on something already there, then it's called a change or a project or an improvement. So there's a little bit definition there, um, but you know it is it is important to understand that. So because that means that transformation is covering a lot of different areas. What what we do, how we do it, when we do it, and who's doing what, and under which rules and, and utilization, uh, with which technology and equipment, and that's where that technology comes in. So. Um, in my world, technology always supports a process. You know, it shouldn't be a shouldn't be restrictive. It should support that process to enable that process to run effective and efficient as possible. Everything we do is a process, and whatever you want to do or to change, it starts with that process. That's by the way also a lean principle. So you you have to understand what is it what we need to do or what do we want the process to look like. And then you need to understand what the technology needs to do. So not only supporting the primary process nowadays, uh, you know, or, or what, it, what it's designed for to do, uh, but also secondarily like providing information or insights or the future connection with other technology. So it's about understanding what the process is. It starts with the process, get clear requirements what the technology should do on that primary process, but also widen the um, your view a little bit what what else do we want this technology to do when it comes to for instance being uh, connected or sharing information that's that's really important when it comes to positioning of technology in, in transformation um, and in addition to that so we have the process we have the understanding of the requirements of the technology it's also very uh, important to understand who is going to run or own that process right i'm i'm a i'm an advocate of clear or even extreme ownership and that's what i that's what i see which is lacking obviously in commercial uh, companies or often in commercial companies that, that there's no real clarity on who is doing what who owns what exactly 
uh, with a result that everybody's looking at each other um, and there are no decisions are made. And then, you know, at that point in time that you, you have a disadvantage. So it is important to also identify um, who is running that process and who's owning it, who is who makes the decisions, right? And the balance between those elements, yeah, so process technology, ownership, and then brought under the right governance, yeah, which is the rules. So what are we allowed to do is, is absolutely key. And uh, what we have done is we put that in the transformation delivery model, which we called uh, the four-sided triangle. So, um, which might be strange, but it's the, the process is on top of the triangle with technology and ownership at its base and the governance is smack in the middle. So to make sure that, that on all elements, uh, so process technology and organizational ownership, you have the right governance in, in place. And then the, the, you know, the trick is, the mission is to make sure that that triangle stays in, in balance. And if you, whatever you deliver, whether it's a transformation or a project, if you take these elements in, in mind and making sure that through leadership, you provide that balance in the triangle, then it will be a successful delivery. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree with you more with the, the accountability and, and, and government. So what did you call it? Extreme ownership or? or um, yes, yeah. Because um, I, I see that all the time. Um, and, and so for our listeners, this is, that's a life skill. It, um, being able to understand what you're accountable for and then really own your outcomes. And if you can own your outcomes, you, you really do then add value to your business or to your team or to your, your, your function, I guess. And, and the governance is the rules to play in. Absolutely. Yeah, it has to be clear. So uh, often you hear people think, okay, who is deciding what? And if we understand who is deciding what, then, you know, the next question might be, you know, where is it written down? So what are the, what's the governance model? Who understands which uh, rules can be changed? What are the rules, you know? So that governance model and also being compliant to what you've agreed is essential to be successful. Yeah, fantastic. I think that is a really, really valid point. And so thinking about siloed, silos within the areas of technology and, and, and how that's all interlinked, where do you, you know, what, what feels to you there? Yeah, so if we zoom in on technology yeah, for, the, for the audience of this, this podcast, it's, it is important that we need to understand that technology now, but also in the future, you know, has to be interlinked, it has to be connected, um, it has to be interoperable with each other so that we understand, you know, that the technology that we put in place and designing is, is you know, can, can operate in that connected world. And we're talking about the internet of things, having big data and all that lot, whether that's machinery or something smart in computers or information technology, doesn't matter. Um, you know, but, but also it may be not. And often you see that because we all think that this is the future, it has to be interlinked. But like I said before, it's important to understand what is the process, um, you know, what is the right process that technology needs to do. A good example is that um, NASA yeah, designing a pressurized ballpoint pen to work in space because there's no gravity. So the ink cannot be put on a piece of paper. So what I did is, designed a pressurized ballpen point so to make sure that it actually can can work in in space and it costs hundreds maybe thousands of, of dollars at a time but if the process is to write something down on a piece of paper just to make a note a pencil will do right so you can also over uh, over design um, a, a solution and that's why it is 
it is so important to understand what is the process and what do we want the technology to do. I, I love that as an example. How poignant is that? The, the, the pencil versus the, the, the thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to try and get a ballpoint pen. And I guess yeah, and yes, sorry. And I, I just, you know, don't think because it, it can be fancy, it must be fancy, right? I think that is that is essential. And we all have the experience nowadays that, that you have an app on your or your smartphone, which you might think it's not really needed it's there but it's not really needed so it doesn't do anything but there are cost of development and maintenance behind that so in a commercial world it's something that you want to avoid and making sure that um, it needs to focus on what it needs to do rather yeah. than what it can do and i think that that, that links great uh, really well into leadership doesn't it because i know something that i try to run within my my business is that with, with any meeting, with any process, you, you need to decide what the outcome, what, what you want the outcome or what you want the objectives of that, that to be. Because if you've got a really clear desired outcome or objective, then that's what you structure in and, and, and that's how you add value. When, when it comes to leadership, where, where do you sit thinking about how leaders can really help with everything that we've been talking about? Yeah, I think leadership is different than management. That is a um, that is a, a clear different style. I mean, I think you know managers are working on numbers and um, and output and reports. Leaders is more on the people. So, but we also need to understand that it's the people who are delivering um, the process, which is supported by technology. But it's the people who are owning that process. So, I think the leadership is important rather than being a manager. Um, and it is, um, and often you see detailed discussions in executive or senior meetings, right? So uh, it doesn't belong there. You know, having detailed discussions in a uh, in a leadership setting is is not what you would look look for to do, right? So it it is important that everyone knows delegating, but it's important that leaders um, understand that if you delegate, you also need to provide a mandate with that. So have the young smart people or the experts uh, looking for that solution uh, don't try uh, as a leader to come up with a solution set the direction you know set the expectation uh, understand and make clear to your to your team what you expect uh, from the outcome but the designing of that solution and i think for this audience that's very clear if you if you take that into the piece of technology or or the science or the math of what you're working on is you need to understand what the outcome is but you also need to have the uh, the mandate and the authority to work by yourself on that solution because if leaders are starting to have that discussion and come up with the solution themselves it's nine out of ten times you know it's it's not according to the latest and greatest standards or the possibilities um, you know, senior leaders don't don't have that level of detail um, to understand what the best solution is. They might have an understanding what strategically is the direction, and that needs to be shared. But the solution design needs to be delegated with a proper mandate. That is essential. And so sometimes that's that's hard because uh, we all have been there. Well, maybe not me because I have the military background and switched over careers. But people who are climbing up in the company. You know, they they used to be that expert, right? So, but it's it's important that you move over from your expert ladder to the leadership ladder. That is that is essential. And again, I think that's 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 a really really valid point. And, and although I sometimes think the, the the term managers get a bad press, there's a there's a 
there's an age-old saying that managers will hire people worse than them in fear of people uh, uh, doing their job, whereas leaders will always hire people better than them because it's actually absolutely. a mindset switch. Rather yeah, than, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I fully agree. And it, it is a responsibility for the leaders to, to facilitate, uh, to inspire and to support and to uh, making sure that the team and your experts and, and the people that, you're, that you lead are provided with the right resourcing and equipment to be able to to deliver that solution for you. So that is that is a fundamental different way of uh, of thinking. And often people think um, that strong leadership is about shouting orders or you know being firm or you know black and white or yes or no. But sometimes if it's the situation depicts, it's 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 also about being vulnerable and being open and saying, guys, I don't know is also something that a leader should be able to do, you know, if that situation is there. Um, also understand, you know, what, what, who people are, right? So every individual is different. They have different situations at home. They have different situation from day to day or even hour to hour. So you need to understand what is that influencing them um, at, at their work and what they need to deliver on. And you need to, uh, need to adjust your leadership style to that. So you call that situational uh, leadership or adaptive leadership, but it's it's essential to understand. You can't always be directive. Uh, you can't always be supportive. It it needs to be dynamic, and it's just, it's essential for a leader to understand that. Um, and also what the environment is. I mean, if there's a high pressure time environment, then it might be the case. Sorry, guys. No, this is what we're doing uh, because we need to deliver this by close of business today. That is a different situation that you are still in the phase of designing a project or you know having some brainstorming that is a total different setting and then i think that situational awareness of people and the environment that you're in is um is key for a leader to understand and to explore their um, their leadership skills yeah yeah again totally totally agree so then bringing it full circle and and, and you know a lot of this and, and thank you so much for keeping it so relevant to, to our listeners and, and thinking about um you know not only around how how technology and transformation work together and not to overcomplicate technology solutions for, for the sake of it and, and how leadership is about empowering and giving people the, the room with very clear outcomes thinking about the final tips and advice when when you're when you're looking and if it was a, a recent graduate coming to you to say you know harold what, what advice can you give me? I'm about to enter the job market. What, what's the one or two takeaways that you would offer them? Well, I think, um, look, in the area of technology or, or the science, uh, it is important in that, in that environment, but also in the commercial environment to making sure that um, you're not only doing things correctly uh, and um, you, you're not only doing things first, but to make sure that you have a commercial advantage it is important to be right first. So if you're talking about data, and we talked about interlinked and connected and providing information, um, it's about not only getting that data information or intelligence turning into what we call actionable intelligence, but the next step is prediction. So the commercial company who can predict in a reliable, safe way has the competitive advantage of uh, in the market that is important i think for uh, for this audience to understand if they're going into a commercial setting so it is important to uh, to keep that in mind if you're designing a piece of technology 
what you understand what it needs to do. That is one of those secondary things that we need that we're looking for. But that is more from the environment perspective. I would say from a personal perspective to a, to the a graduate, um, make sure that you understand what you need to do or deliver. And um, and which mandate do you have? You need to have the mandate to, to do that, right? So um, if you don't, uh, if it's not clear or you don't have the mandate, speak up and ask for it because you can't deliver anything if you don't get the support, the mandate uh, from, your, from your leadership. Um, but also embrace diversity of thought, right? So proactively explore options from, from other views. We often, um, if you're talking about breaking down silos as well, you know, often you have a, a certain way of thinking, but it is important uh, that you also explore options from others who might have an opposite view of what, of what, what, what yourself have, if the time permits. And if the time doesn't permit, then get an expert in and, and get it done because um, then you need to get things done, right? So that, that's, that is then the first mission to deliver. Um, and be happy and have fun. I mean, life is really boring without fun. So that is uh, that's definitely my last advice to the audience. Yeah, well, what what a great way to to to, to wrap up the podcast because life is too short. You've you've got to find businesses and job roles that that, that motivate you, and, and you can have fun and, and build relationships in this. It's, uh, I think if COVID and, and life of recent has, has shown us anything, you know, working in, in a relation in, in environments that, that bring the best out of you is super important. Absolutely. And it also motivates people. So uh, I would also say to, uh, to any leaders who might uh, listen to this uh, podcast, if you give that mandate, if you delegate, and if you give the mandates to your experts or to your team, they feel that they own their project. So they have the freedom to maneuver in a certain framework that you deliver, which will make them happy as well, because now they have, they can, you know, fully explore their options and they understand and it's, and they feel recognized and they feel part of the solution because it's their solution and not yours. So that is a happy employer. And if it's a happy employer, you get on-time delivery. Um, and if you have on-time delivery, then obviously you have your commercial advantage there. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Harold. What, what, what really, really good soundbites there and, and advice. So, well, that's another show. So thank you so much for your time. I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, and yeah, we covered a lot of ground there. That was really, really interesting. And to our listeners, um, that's another podcast. So that's another Future Tech podcast series. Uh, the podcast is on our landing page, arrowspodcast.com. And it's also embedded into the career portals of our 17 university partners and on LinkedIn. So um, look out for the, uh, the clip that we post regularly every week on LinkedIn. And this is another show done. Thank you everyone for listening. And one more time, big, big thank you to Harold for your time. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me. Great. Thanks everyone. Bye-bye.